Welcome to Season 3, Book 3 of the Masters of Deceit Trilogy, Sheol, The Truth Exposed. In this book, the characters and stories from both previous novels merge to create a powerful conclusion. Enjoy, and thank you for joining this journey. Sheol, The Truth Exposed is a novel written by Jeffrey Chapman, all rights reserved. No part of this book may be reproduced or transmitted in any form or by any means, electronic or mechanical including photocopying, recording, or by any information storage and retrieval system, without permission in writing from the copyright owner, Jeffrey Chapman. This is a work of fiction. Names, characters, places, and incidents either are the product of the author's imagination or are used fictitiously. And any resemblance to any actual persons, living or dead, events or locales, is entirely coincidental. So sit back, relax, and enjoy she all, the Truth Exposed Preface What is life? Is it just something we muddle through, hoping that a series of random events won't bring us to some untimely demise? Or is it something with a deeper inconceivable purpose just outside our level of perception, yet malleable enough to give rise to sporadic moments of clarity? Countless individuals have experienced what the French call déjà vu, meaning, already seen, Deja vu is a person's sense of having already experienced an occurrence, or perhaps it is simply a moment of clarity. Some individuals even have what some call an inner sight, allowing them to perceive things just outside our plane of existence. Inner sight may manifest in many ways, including dreams with profound prophetic meaning, a barely distinguishable movement just beyond one's field of vision, a glimpse into the spiritual realm, or the sense of a nearby presence, are these also moments of clarity? The level of perception tends to vary from person to person, but one thing remains constant. A brief glimpse of clarity is far better than constantly seeing that which cannot be seen by most. Consistently seeing such a realm would drive anyone insane, for there are things no mortal should see or hear. And if you are that rare individual with all-seeing clarity into this hidden realm, you have my sympathies. Chapter, The Fallen In a realm of existence, completely imbued with various shades of gray, black, and white, hideous spirits and fallen angels cursed and hissed as they roamed to and fro. Although they weren't restrained in their movement, most felt their realm was a prison. Some had the ability to phase in and out of the realm to influence and affect the children of Adam while others, finding it more difficult to leave, felt the full brunt of its oppression. They expressed their displeasure with moans, hisses, streaks, and deep grumblings throughout the near-endless expanse. In a separate special region of semi-darkness, a dense gray hue encircled a large area, preventing a significant amount of light from permeating. Surrounding this vast meeting place were repulsive guards of rotting flesh and unparalleled strength. They were chosen by Samyaza for their ruthless nature and their ability to physically overmatch any threat which were perfect traits to have as guardians for the members of the inner circle. Each guardian scanned the area outside of the meeting, confident there wasn't a remote chance of a threat occurring, but tirelessly performing their duties without hesitation. At times, a passing demon would pause to glance in the guardian's direction and peer at the region of semi-darkness. Realizing it could not see within, the hapless spirit would quickly go on its way. It understood the importance of the meeting being held within and the threat of being harmed by a guardian that tarried too long. Remarkably, despite the opaque outer shell of the meeting area, it was well lit within, 
illuminated by the presence of the members of the inner circle, chosen first by Samyazin himself to lead the rebellion against God, the inner circle was comprised of fallen archangels. The inner circle normally totaled six, but today a minor archangel outsider joined the ranks, bringing the total number to seven, as they all waited for their superior to appear. For now, the inner circle talked among themselves as they waited impatiently. One topic dominated each conversation. Why would a non-inner circle minor archangel be invited? They all took their true forms as sickly-looking fallen angels emitting a dull yellow glow. Before their fall from heaven, they had shown with a magnificent brilliance, but they were now shadows of what they had once been. Not often did they show their true forms since it was a reminder of what they lost. They revealed their true selves only in the presence of their peers or superiors in important meetings. This was to express an act of openness, showing they had nothing to hide. So it was with disdain that they showed their true form in the presence of a minion. Without warning, a formidable guardian, much larger than the ones patrolling the perimeter outside, appeared in the center of the semi-dark region and gazed around. Pausing to acknowledge every member, he finally crossed his arms and emitted a piercing howl. Once finished, he left the area to take his place with the rest of the guardians. Several seconds later, Bethes Nibba appeared in the room, causing the fallen angels to drop to one knee and bow their heads. Normally, a higher-level fallen archangel would run the meeting, but the appearance of one of Semyaz's assistants elevated the importance of the meeting beyond what they originally thought. Whenever one of the assistants appeared, it meant that Semyaz himself was focused on the outcome. Rise, said Bethes Nibba. His form was much different than the other fallen angels. He had six wings, two covered his feet, two behind his back for flying, and the remaining two hung by his sides as extra limbs. He emitted a dull yellow glow, but didn't look as sickly as the others. Bethesneba looked more like a fallen seraph than a fallen archangel. Bethesneba nodded to each member as he walked to the center. Let us proceed, he said. The others made a perfect circle around their superior. I'll start, said one of the fallen archangels, pointing a haggard finger toward the minor archangel a few spaces to his left. U.S. handling of the Duquesne problem was inexcusable. You not only allowed a frail old woman to make your forces look ineffective, but you allowed her son to escape your grasp and the journals to be recovered. Not only did you fail to locate them, but now it appears their cause has gained momentum. There seems to be a network of individuals helping them. Where is the Duquesne family? Who's helping them? And why are you still in charge of such a mismanaged and poorly executed mission? The fallen archangel shook with anger as he waited for the response from Pravis, who didn't take long to answer. I thought this meeting was called to strategize and develop a plan that would set our agenda back on course. When did this become a finger-pointing session? For you to blame me while you did nothing to assist in any of these plans is plain coordinates. It's easier to sit back and judge than to help resolve a problem, said Pravis who paused briefly and then smiled. It's quite evident your next words will accuse those in charge of the failure to deploy the global death plague, isn't it? The accusing fallen angel glanced in the direction of the others he was going to call out next but remained silent. He didn't know what to say since that last statement had deflated his thunder. Pravis continued, We all can stand here and accuse the other in front of Vetha's Neba, but it won't change a thing. You're right, it won't change a thing. But at least we'll have a full account of what went wrong, right? The accusing fallen angel responded, trying to save face. Clutching his hands, Pravis turned his body fully to the accuser, 
You doubt my abilities? You wish to try them, he said, ready to pounce. Before another word could be said, Betha's Nibbet intervened. That's enough, he said softly. Slowly, his side wings rose and covered his eyes as he prepared himself to listen. I want a full account of what went wrong. Pravis bowed. Of course, as you wish, he said quickly. Pravis described how his direct reports badly assessed the level of protection Amory Duquesne possessed, causing a perfectly well-devised plan to spiral out of control and leading to the loss of Sean Duquesne, the journals, and a humiliating battle with a multitude of angels. It's amazing how you've easily shifted the blame from yourself to your underlings. The blame should fall solely on you since they were under your direct guidance, said the accuser, without hesitation. Ignoring the statement, Travis went on to say that his forces were actively searching for the Duquesnes and the journals. The accuser lashed out in response again. But they're protected, as well as you stated before, there's no way we'll be able to find them. Shut up, shouted Travis. The accuser lifted his hands. I'm just making sure everyone here understands that you're leaving out vital information. Wings falling slowly to his side, Betha's Nibba addressed the two. We all fully understand the seriousness of the situation. I would appreciate it if you, Betha's Nibba, focused on the accuser, would kindly keep your opinions to yourself until the appropriate time to share them. You are being more disruptive than helpful. When the accuser bowed his head in submission, Betha's Nibba turned to Pravis. Is there more or are you done? I'm done. The fallen seraph nodded and looked at three fallen archangels that were far too quiet. The three were his associates, working closely with Betha's Nibba for many missions in the past. So they held a slightly higher position than all other fallen archangels in the meeting, and everyone present knew it. The three did not bow nor acknowledge Betha's Nibba's gaze. They just waited for the question. Yet again, another failure, said the fallen seraph. After so much planning and mobilizing of our agents to key locations, it all fell apart. Compared to the Duquesne blunder, this was far more important and would have turned the tide of our present situation. How did this fall apart so quickly? The first of the three crossed his arms around his massive chest. A global terrorist alert was initiated by the US, and our once infallible firewall was hacked. I know that raise, said Vethas Nibba. The question is, how? I don't know. We're currently looking into it, Ray's said coldly. The other fallen archangels shifted nervously since they didn't expect Vetha's Naba to be addressed with little respect. They didn't have much interaction with the three elevated fallen archangels, but they'd heard rumors that they were highly regarded by Semiaz's direct reports. They weren't sure whether this type of interaction was common or just borderline disrespect. And how is that investigation going? Vetha's Naba continued. As you know, these things take time if we want to continue our level of secrecy. Ray said, turning to his partners. The two picked up on the cue and continued. Thassa frowned as he opened his mouth to talk. Secrecy leads to undesirable results if it's poorly managed. The result of our current failure is most likely due to either a leak in our resources, which I highly disagree with. The third, called Siriasus, interrupted. Thassa continued, undaunted or due to intervention again. Vethas Nibba clenched his fists, trying to contain his anger. Are you suggesting someone outside our level of influence was given a vision? A revelation into our plans? It wouldn't be the first time. It happened times before and should be considered a possibility when making plans of this magnitude, said Fasa. It's always a risk trying to destroy something that may not be ready to be destroyed. 
Reyes lifted his wings in anger, which was an act of challenge. What my brother Fassett is trying to say is that the plan was too ambitious. Did we think something like this would be allowed? Did we think they would just sit idly by and let their precious creation be destroyed? This is madness. If we're to strike, we should do so in a way that will guarantee success. Lifting his wings in response, Bethes Neba stared at his long-trusted ally, wondering if Reyes truly wanted to challenge his authority with his aggressive posture. He and his friend was just furious, needing to vent. Reyes had probably made a mistake. However, he couldn't let this action be unanswered. In a flash, Bethes Nibba flew toward Reyes and grabbed his neck. As his nails dug in, a cynical snarl formed on his face. Yield, my friend. Reyes stared at his superior before lowering his eyes and wings. You chose wisely, Bethes Nibba said, removing his hand. I understand your frustration, but this path you're taking will only lead to your own demise. As Reyes rubbed his neck, Fassett addressed the fallen seraph. No disrespect, he said, bowing his head. But surely you can see how disconcerting this can be. Gaining a step, losing two. Winning a battle, only to lose another. If we are truly gaining ground, why does it feel as though we're in the same place? We were just a day away from ending this injustice and having the revenge we deserve. Then a global warning here and an unforeseen hack there. And we're right back where we were before. We could have still released the plague, killing millions, and everyone would have just thought it was a terrorist plot. They would have never connected anything to us. It would have been a small victory instead of the hollow defeat we now feel. Understood. Bethes Nibba said as he slowly walked back to his previous position within the circle. We did do something like that during World War II. Millions were killed, yet we gained no significant ground. No. Releasing the plague would have solved nothing. We need to continue to figure out where all this went wrong and correct it immediately. Suriasis, you said you doubted any of your resources leaked this information. How sure are you? I'm 100% sure. Our network is tight. Suriasis answered. Yes, that may be true. But after the firewall was breached, how confident are you now? Asked Vethes Naba. A substantial list of agents and operatives was downloaded, but no one higher than that. If I may interrupt, said Fasa as he looked at Pravis. These events, the Duquesne situation, the failure of the global play, the hacking of our firewall, all seem to have occurred within a very close and tight window. This can't be coincidence, but must be connected somehow. I believe unlocking the mystery to just one of them will reveal all. Reyes cleared his throat. That's what I was trying to say before. We have to be surgical about things and not just run around with a large, dull club. Bethes Nibba raised his wings to cover his eyes again. They all remained quiet for a long moment, waiting for a decision. During that time, the three higher-ranked fallen archangels stared at Pravis, wondering why the minor archangel had been invited to such a meeting. He was one of their direct reports working on the Duquesne Journal retrieval and should never made his report in the meeting instead of them. Pravis lowered his eyes, knowing he had a lot of explaining to do when the meeting was over. Revealing his eyes again, Bethes Neba looked at the three. We need answers to what went wrong, but first, you must protect and shore up your resources. We can't afford to have such a large list revealed or hunted down by anyone. How are you working on it? said Siriusus. Good. A resolution to these matters should be expedient. Take any approach you want, surgical whatever. It doesn't matter, just get it done. Simiaz's eyes will be focusing on your next report. Now, for the other matters at hand. 
Addressing the other fallen archangels in the meeting, Vethasniba conducted the other reports and concerns without incident. The rest knew Vethasniba wouldn't be so lenient with any other acts of disrespect, so the meeting concluded rather quickly. Vethasniba lifted his wings and, with his head tilted back, emitted a loud wail from his mouth. All others present lowered their heads and responded with a lower moan. After a long moment, Bethesniba disappeared, bringing the official end of the meeting. Immediately, the fallen archangels flew away or shifted into another realm, except for Rays, Fasa, Siriasis, and Pravis. The meeting area remained since inner circle members were still present. Only when it was empty would it disappear and the guardians be released from their duty. Since when do you answer to anyone other than us? And why were you invited here? Asked Rays, trying to remain calm. We could easily report it on the status of the Duquesnes and the journals. The accused cupped his head down in respect as he answered the question. I do not know and can't speculate as to why. But when the invitation came, how could I refuse? Fasa placed his hand on Reyes' shoulder to steady his compatriot, knowing that the answer wasn't what Reyes had expected. We were given orders by Vethas Naiva, which means you must now inform both us and him of anything you discover. However, you weren't directly removed from our authority on this matter and will still have to operate under our scrutiny and guidance. Understood, said Reyes, not holding back his displeasure over the whole situation. Yes, then you may leave, Pravis, and don't expect any assistance. You will have to perform this investigation personally, said Reyes. Pravis nearly lifted his head upon hearing his instructions. He was important enough that forcing him to do field work was a demotion and a slap in the face. Without a word, he shifted into another realm, leaving the three in the meeting area alone. Was that necessary? Siriasis asked Reyes. We gave him FBI agents, dark assassins, and a legion of demons to ensure that Sean Duquesne remain ours, and he lost all of his assets. And what does he get? An invitation to an inner circle meeting? Unheard of, Reyes said, raising his voice. If he's going to get the answers Bethesneba requested, He'll have to be of his own accord, and while we are still his superiors. Well, it seems as though you're just setting him up to fail, said Siriasis. Reyes chose his words carefully. This will show his true merit. I'm tired of him blaming others when it's his lack of leadership qualities that may have lost the journals. If he fails, he'll have no one to blame but himself. Anyway, we have more pressing matters at hand. The other two waited for Reyes to continue. We have to shore up our she-all agents around the globe and handle the five officials we had governing the five global regions. What should we do with the officials since they were inoculated before the release of the Genoverian? Asked Fasa. Is there really a need to have all these people walking around beginning to think they're immortal? Kill them, Siriasis said quickly. As for the agents, within a few days, they'll be back in their safe sites. After we guarantee that the firewall is once again impermeable, We'll reset all of the agents' credentials. Kill all of them, asked Fasa, still focusing on the officials. I can think of one who has proven himself. We'd be hard-pressed to find another like him. The one over the European Asia and Middle Eastern regions. The one who directed the development of the Genoverian? Asked Siriusus as he rubbed his chin. I agree. I'm sure we can find something interesting to keep him busy for a while. Reyes looked at each of his close brothers. So... Are we all in agreement? Are we done here? They all nodded and disappeared from the realm, united in their passion for revenge and determined to uncover the forces behind their recent failures.
Once they identified those individuals, their revenge would be like hell on earth. As one, all the guardians turned toward the region of semi-darkness, clapped their hands once, and watched as it dissipated. The guardians then left in different directions. The meeting was over.